Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Man and Their Dogs. It is day 341 here in the Zen Room. We are at episode 64. My name is Patrick Finn and I'm here with the fortuitous Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. How are you, Tommy? 64 times. 64 times now we've done this. Can you like imagine? A, it's like a penance. <laughs> Hardly. Hardly my ass. <laughs> You've just started your penance, B. Believe me. <laughs> oh. uh, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Okay. You know, been busy starting to uh, decorate the house for the holidays. I saw you got the chair with all the stuffed toys out. Yes, you do. I have all the stuffed animals out on the chair. Okay. I think Stephen's putting up the tree and the and the, uh, and the lights on the tree tonight. Do you help with that? Uh, I'll I'll probably finish doing the rest of the decorating on the tree, and then there's all the other house decorations we do, which I generally do. Okay. I'm very particular about my Christmas decor. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Well, it has to look just so. I, know, you I know? can only imagine what that must be like. Like that's <laughs> what Christmas always was like. Such a cranky time for me because it was not fun in the house. Okay. There was all of this. Yeah. If it's not fun, and it's not fun if it's got to be exactly right. But for me, that is fun. Is setting it up. I mean, it usually takes me like a whole day to set up the whole house and everything inside. And what about the people around you? Do they get to participate? Do they get to add things? Do Steven to- likes to stay out of the way. <laughs> and then he'll give me his opinion afterwards. Okay. And then we'll make any appropriate changes if necessary. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been busy with doing that and then get myself ready to start rehearsals this week. I have rehearsal first on Thursday evening for the stage reading of It's a Wonderful Life. Which happens every year at... Uh, South Shore Theater Experience. And is it always the same cast? Uh, I don't know if it's the same cast. I think it's mostly the same cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, we're actually opening this Sunday, December 11th, and then we're playing again on December 18th. Two performances. Two performances. I think that's at 7 p.m. Okay, fine. At South Shore Theater Experience in Lindenhurst. Two consecutive Sundays? Two consecutive Sundays. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then I'm also starting rehearsals for the next play that I'm directing, The Pavilion. That starts on Thursday night as well. Yeah, you were telling me about this before. Yeah. So Thursday night's a big, busy day for you. Yes, it is. You've Busy night of rehearsals. I know, right? Because you got to start at 6 o'clock. I, I got to start doing the editing tonight after you leave. Yeah. That's how busy of a day I have tomorrow. Busy. Yeah. So that's my story. Busy, busy. Busy, busy. Busy. So well, shall we go into our first segment then of the night? Sure. <laughs> yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. Just a little. Just a little, you know? But you call last week we had the story we were talking about when a dog bites a man, it's not news. When a man when a dog when a man bites a dog, that's news. But when a dog shoots a man, that's even bigger news. Well, we even got bigger news than that this time. This is about a Florida man having sex with a dog in public. Oh dear. (laughs) The only thing that makes that believable is the words Florida man. I know, right? I Florida man. Story. Oh, come on. It's a great story. I doubt it. Chad Mason, 36 years old. He actually knew the dog's owner. Uh, it was a golden doodle, and he was taking it out for a walk in his apartment complex. Then he started having sex with the dog in front of witnesses, including a juvenile less than 16 years old. When he was confronted by one of the adults, he fled. He then ran to this nearby Presbyterian church where he knocked over a nativity display and broke some plants and 
tossed children's toys in the playground area. Wow. He then, after he left the church, he damaged a mailbox in some neighborhood and tried to steal a car before he was taken into custody. Okay. Quite a run. Yes. So, mm-hmm. having sex with dogs will lead to a life of crime. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, a night right there. Yes, had to share that story. I, I wish you wouldn't. That, <laughs> because that's just... That's, uh, well, how many times do you hear a story about a man having sex with a dog in public? Uh, you know? Uh, gratefully, I will tell you, rarely. Very rarely. Okay. That doesn't mean that there's a gap that needs to be filled by hearing that story. <laughs> you never know. I could go through my life happily and never hear that story. Well, now you can say that unhappily you have, I have heard, heard it. the story. Yeah, great. But we'll now move on to that there has been a severe outbreak across the southern United States of canine influenza. Oh, dear. It's forced kennels and shelters to either close or suspend operations. Okay. Symptoms symptoms include a runny nose, a greenish nasal discharge. That's gross. Fever, coughing, sneezing, runny eyes, loss of appetite, and difficulty breathing. Okay. It can develop into pneumonia and be fatal if left untreated. Okay. There's no cure for canine influenza, but there is a vaccine for it. And it's chicken soup, right? What? No, it's not chicken soup. Are you sure? It's a vaccine developed for canine influenza. Okay. Also, just so everyone knows, canine influenza is not harmful to humans. But you've got to keep them away from each other. Yes, it's best to avoid public places and kennels, of course. Yeah. Any place there's a large congregation of dogs. So that's the story on canine influenza. Well, see, now that, that's a story I can get behind. I bet you can. I mean, compared to the other story. You can't get behind the story of the man having sex with a dog? You're disgusting. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so let it be written, so let it so be done. Yeah. Next, we move on to our Dictionary of Dogs, our Canine Compendium. Okay. We're up to the letter L. Okay, well, you got to... Can you guess? Can you guess which letter it, which which dog is? It's got to be a Labrador Retriever. It is a Labrador (laughs) Retriever. You are correct, Uh, sir. Yes. Yeah, it would be. Yes. Did you know it was developed in England in the the 1830s? Oh, you want to see pictures? I figured you knew what a Labrador Retriever looked like. You don't understand the point of the pictures to me, (laughs) if you think that that's all. I know what a Labrador Retriever smells like. I want to see a picture of it every time you say, There you go. Aren't they beautiful? Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the puppies are really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were developed in England in the 1830s. Uh, they were crossbred uh, between St. John's water dogs and British hunting dogs. And they were primarily used as bird hunting dogs. When you say St. John's water sports... Water dogs. It sounds like that game where you tell somebody noun and fill in a noun, and then you tell somebody a verb and you fill in the verb that they say. What was that game called? It was on a pad. I don't know. Oh yeah, you do. Everybody does. <laughs> but you like you would hold a story in front of you, and th- there would be interruptions, blanks, and they would say what part of speech the person needed to respond to. Is it a noun? Is it a verb? Is it an adjective? And they don't know what the story is. They're just throwing out these words. Are you talking, about, are you talking about Mad Libs? Yeah. I'm talking about madness. Okay. I don't now. I don't know why. I don't know why either. That's something to do with the St. John's water dogs. Thank you. Because they came from Newfoundland, by the way. You got your St. John's wart, and then it sounds like you're adding on <laughs> fiddling dogs. You know what I mean? Like 
It just is weird. Okay. No, they have nothing to do with St. John's Wart. St. John's Wart. But St. John's Wart. Water dogs. Dirt dogs. Yeah, I could see that. It's just, okay. Anyway, Labrador Retrievers stand at 22 to 25 inches high. Uh-huh. Weigh between 65 and 80 pounds. Yes, they do. They have a short, dense double coat that is water resistant. Yes, and it'll shed over every piece of fabric in your house. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. Their colors range from black to chocolate to varying shades of yellow. Okay, yellow lab. They are proven to be very successful guide dogs. Yes. They are also powerful swimmers who tolerate the coldest of waters for long periods of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are also they... used for water rescue and life saving. Did they? Did they? Were they supposed to go get the birds that they shot out the sky when they landed in the water? Yeah, like, and they would go that, retrieve them. Then, that was their job. To yep. Go get the birds, and I'm gonna shoot out the sky. Exactly. If they were like out geese hunting, and they're out on a lake or oh, whatever, yeah. you know, the dogs are gonna go get it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. During the Vietnam War. Labrador retrievers were used as scout dogs to track down dead or wounded soldiers or to locate enemy positions. I did not know that. Um, you see them, and, and it's like the perfect animal. Like you use this dog for everything: bomb detection. You use it for 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 people who they're gonna de- the dog is gonna detect that the person is gonna have a tremor. So they're gonna you know these dogs are so trainable to every to very specific situations. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and they're big and they're beefy and, and they're sweet. Yes, they are. And they're mushy faces. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's the perfect animal, except that it, it sheds like a fuck. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Among the more famous Labrador retrievers are Buddy and Seamus that were owned by former President of the United States Bill Clinton. Okay. Also, there was Marley, the world's worst dog. Okay. Featured in the uh, the book and movie Marley and Me. Okay. There was also the retriever named Sully that served with um, George H.W. Bush during the last six months of his life. Okay. Uh, because the president was confined to a wheelchair due to Parkinson's disease. And among the things that the dog would do for Bush were to retrieve dropped items, opening and closing doors. Right, right, right. And pushing an emergency button for him That's and right. supporting him when standing. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. And lastly, there's Crypto, Superman's dog, which is a Labrador retriever. I would not have guessed. And lastly, Brian Griffin from Family Guy. Is he a Labrador, is a Labrador I retriever? I suspicions of there being some boodle in there, maybe. <laughs> um, because of his just arrogant... Judgy sense of humor. Yes. But according to my sources, he is a Labrador retriever. retriever. Okay. And, you know, nothing against poodles. Nothing against poodles. So that's our story for heavy petting for today. We're going to get to P pretty soon, aren't we? Where are we? L? <laughs> that was letter L, yes. Right, so P's a few weeks away, okay, yes. Right, so, so you do this alphabetical. Of course. Okay, so whatever the PA does. It's very easy to keep track of that way. Okay. Right? Uh, I, I don't give a fuck. I, just, <laughs> I don't want to have to defend myself to the one person who may be offended. How many people listen now? How many people? What's the number? We've had like over like 3,300 downloads now, I 3, believe. 3,300 people. Yep. Well, 3,300 listens. Yeah, well, actually, 3,500. I'm sorry, 3,500. You don't even know. I I have to keep checking the numbers all the time. They change constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for Tommy's favorite segment, today's birthdays. Okay, who's dead? Nope, it's a live one today. There's been a live frequently. Yes, I know. I think you'll like this one. She was born uh, December 7th, 1932 in Detroit. Her name was 
Edna Ray Gilali. She dropped out of high school in her senior year and pursued a career as a dancer and a model. She made her Broadway debut in 1958 in a play called Fair Game. She joined the Actors Studio in 1967. Oh, God. She became famous with her acclaimed role in the 1971 film The Last Picture Show, which earned her a Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar nomination. She next appeared in the 1973 horror film The Exorcist, for which she was nominated for Best Actress Academy Award. Okay. She then followed this up with Martin Scorsese's film or Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore in 1974, for which she won the Best Actress Academy Award. Okay. In 1975, she won the Tony Award for Best Actress in a Play for her role in Same Time Next Year. Oh, I love that movie. And I her performance in the that. film won won her a Golden Globe Award. Did it really? Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. Wait, was that the original version of that Yes, movie? it was. Same time next year. Yep. That had um, Alan Alda and, yep. and... The person we're talking about. Okay. And you haven't figured it out yet, No, huh? I know who she is. What's her name? I don't know. <laughs> Shelley Long. No! She's also one of the few people to have won an uh, Oscar, a Tony, and an Emmy. Uh-oh. She won an Emmy in 2009 for Outstanding Guest Actress for an episode on Law & Order's Special Victims Unit. Okay. She was playing uh, Detective Stabler's mother, Chris Maloney's character. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. She's been president of the co-president of the Actors Studio alongside Al Pacino and Alec Baldwin since 2000. And in 2013, she was inducted into the American Theatre Hall of Fame for her work on stage. I'm so proud of her. Her name is Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, I would, yeah. I can't believe you didn't know her name. No, I didn't know her name. Especially after The Exorcist. I figured for sure you would have gotten her name then. No. Oh. Well, you would be wrong. I obviously was. Ellen Burstyn. So to Ellen Burstyn, we say... Happy birthday! How old is she? She is... Let me do the math. She was born in 32, and today's 20... She's 90 years old. Holy shit. Right? 90 years old. Jesus. Take a seat. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. <laughs> Actually, we have two again this week. First one was from last week on December 4th. Actor named Bob McGrath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad. Best known for playing the human character Bob Johnson on the long-running education TV show Sesame Street. Bob was the, the, the good, safe nerd. Yep, yes he was. He played that character from 1969 to 2016. Holy shit. He was one of the two longest serving uh, human characters on the show since it debuted. Before that, he worked with Mitch Miller and was a fe featured tenor on the Mitch uh, Sing Along with Mitch show from 1960 to 1964. He also wrote many children's books. He was married in 1958, had five children, uh, and he resided in New Jersey. He died from complications of a stroke on December 4th at the age of 90. Uh, yeah. He was a good guy, Bob. I always like seeing Bob's face. Yeah, Bob Bob was a, Bob was seemed like an all-around just good, normal guy. Yes, he did, right? Yeah, good for him. And then next up, this was the most recent death on December 5th, actress Kirstie Alley died. Oh, this bitch. She's best known, of course, for playing Rebecca Howe from 1987 to 1993 on the NBC sitcom Cheers, for which she received an Emmy Award in 1991. I actually have a clip of her Emmy speech because of what she said at the very end that got her a lot of attention. Oh. 
At the time, she was married to her second husband, an actor named Parker Stevenson. Right, right, right. So at the at her speech, which was kind of like all over the place, she said this at the end of the speech in reference to her husband. And I wanted to thank my husband, and I didn't want to thank him like, you know, I really love him and everything. So I'd like to thank my husband, Parker, the man who has given me the big one for the last eight years. I remember that. <laughs> That was quite a moment. Yeah. She uh, Throughout the 1980s and 90s, she also appeared in various films, including she was best known as Molly Jensen in the Look Who's Talking film series. She was also known for playing Lieutenant Savick, the Vulcan officer in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I, I remember her when she played uh, Gloria Steinem in his television movie called The Bunny's Tale. Okay. That was she did a really she was really really good in that. Okay. <clears throat> and during the 2000s, she was uh, known as a spokesman for Jenny Craig. Okay. Yeah. Although she was raised as a Methodist, she became a member of the Church in Scientology in 1979. Yes, she did. After going through their drug treatment program for a cocaine addiction, she resided in Clearwater, Florida, which was the spiritual headquarters of the Church of Scientology. Right. This I didn't know. Because of being a member of Scientology, she would not reprise her role as Rebecca on any episode of the Cheers spinoff, Frasier, because it was centered on the field of psychiatry, okay. which Scientology is opposed okay. to. Right, she was the only Cheers member, cast member that, not to appear not on the to show. Appear on okay. And of course, she also gained some, well, became a little unpopular when she said she voted for Trump in 2016 was, and was uh, intended to vote for him again in 2020. She was also an anti-vaxxer. Yes. Yes. And sadly, she died from colon cancer at the age of 71. Yeah. Survived by two adopted children. I think she had one grandchild. I don't like her anti-gay stuff. No, but that's being, I guess, part of being a Scientologist, you Uh, know? Okay. Okay. Is it the same way that it makes it being uh, Catholic? Part of being Catholic is just to be that way? That just comes with it? I would, yeah. Or Jewish, it just comes with it. Or whatever religion teaches you that it's terrible. I'm just picking names that are familiar to me. I'm not judging from people, I'm saying it. That's what I'm assuming. I mean, I myself don't recall or ever heard her say anything anti-gay. It doesn't mean she hasn't. I'm sure she, maybe she maybe she had, because obviously you heard something or yeah, read something. Yeah, you know me, I can't, I, whatever. But don't worry, she's going to come up again later on in the podcast. I loved her in Cheers. I thought Cheers. She was great in I Cheers. I have no knowledge of her. I thought she was a nice successor to Shelley Long, you know? Uh, she, well, the, the way they worked it in was great. Yeah, and they cha- it changed the focus of the show. It was no longer this romance between Sam and Diane, you know? Yeah, it was, uh, and she was good. She was she really was very good. good. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yep. She's got a head of hair that, uh, for fuck's sake, right. everybody would just... Die for that head of hair. Uh, yeah, she's beautiful. She's a, a little uh, questionable decisions, maybe. Yes. The Scientology yes. thing is a hard one to get over. I know, I know. I mean, I understand why she got involved in it, because... Of her cocaine addiction and stuff. Right, right, right. So I can understand how she got involved, why she got involved. Right, right. But that's about my extent. And of... the anti-vax thing, sorry. I know. So now you're just choosing to be stupid. Yeah. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to somebody who just chooses to be stupid. I know. Well, like I said, she's gonna come up later on in the podcast I can't again. Wait, it's yeah, it's quite it's a doozy too. But in the meantime, we're gonna move on to our next segment. Today in history. 
And of course, you know what today is, December 7th, 1941. Today, a date which will live in infamy. Indeed, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. It's, uh, what does he say? The naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan, Japan. have... I forget uh, the whole speech and anything. Uh, I used to know a lot of it. But yeah. Yes, yes. Back in 1941, the Japanese Imperial Navy launched a surprise attack against the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor at the then-territory of Hawaii. I think that's exactly what the speech said, except for the word then. Okay. And it probably uh, didn't refer to it as a U.S. territory. It was not intended to be a surprise attack. It was supposed to occur 30 minutes after Japan informed the U.S., the peace negotiations were over. Okay. So it was pieces out. Yeah. And 30 minutes later, they got the army, they got the, the air force, they yeah. got the navy. They're all coming at me But that did, it didn't happen that way. Okay, the so attack came. The attack came first, and then Japan notified the U.S. that they were no longer engaged in peace negotiations. Uh, okay. And they were like, no fucking kidding. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> but at the same time that Japan was attacking Pearl Harbor, it also launched attacks on the Philippines, Guam... Wake Island, Malaya, Singapore, and Hong Kong. So they're looking for the whole Pacific. Yep, they launched this whole wide-range Pacific attack. Okay. And the attack lasted in 90 minutes. 2,335 people were killed, over half of them, by the explosion on the USS Arizona. All right. Four battleships were sunk, 14 other ships were damaged, and 188 aircraft were destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. There's some shit right there. Actually, earlier today on our Facebook and I think even on our Twitter feed, I posted the news footage of the Pearl Harbor attack. If you want to take a look at that. you are a patriot who does research. Yes, I do. And I'll post it on the blog also on our bonus material. I can hardly wait. Good. (laughs) I always find them so uplifting and, and informative. I'm glad you do. Also today, the oldest surviving... Uh, Organization for Queer Rights was established in Amsterdam in 1946. Wow. Back then, it was originally named the Shakespeare Club. Okay, well, because if you... Okay, yeah, I get it. Because all the founders were gay men. Uh, They were associated with this gay magazine that was established back in 1940, and that was kind of like ended once the Germans invaded. Yeah, yeah. But then they reappeared again after the war, but then the club was renamed, and they established themselves as the Center for Culture and Leisure, or under their Dutch alphabets, known as the COC. And the goals of the organization were to contribute to social emancipation and to offer culture and recreation for gay men and lesbians. Well, good for them. That's nice of them. It was focused on getting the criminal code for uh, sodomy revoked. Wait a minute. When are we here? This was in 1946 that the group was founded. wow. Yep. And it's still around today. It's not as strong a force on the the queer scene anymore, but it's it's still uh, an active organization. Okay, good for them. Yeah. So, I guess a happy anniversary to the culture for uh, culture and recreation. The Center for Culture Culture and leisure. Cock. (laughs) C-O-C. We now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? I'm confused, you say. Yes, welcome to What Day Is It? Uh, I'm going to guess. You're going to guess? I'm going to guess. All right, take three guesses. Take three guesses. National uh, rubber, Rubber Tire Day. Nope. Okay. Um, national, inter, uh, no, no, it's an international day of sad moaning. No, no, that's no. a good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stuffed toy day. No, afraid not. You're not even close on any of these. Today is 
International Civil Aviation Day. Oh, civil aviation. Did you know that the International Civil Aviation Network carries over 4 billion passengers a year? How would I know that? You do now. Well, I'm so glad. Each day, 120,000 flights carry 12 million passengers oh. to their destinations. Who is this now? What we're talking about? Civil aviation. Civil aviation. Did you know that the Global Air Transport Center supports 65 and a half million jobs and creates a global economic activity worth $2.7 trillion, which is 3.6% of the global economic activity supported by this industry? To answer your question, no. <laughs> Do you know anybody who works in civil aviation? I, I, I don't know. I don't You don't so. know? I do. Okay, good for you. Actually, so, he's, he's a relation. He's a relation yes. to you? Yes, it's Stephen's nephew, Joseph. Stephen's nephew, Joseph. He has been studying and training to be a pilot. That's boy. Yes, it is. Yes, I love him. Yes, I know. Yes, and I, and I did know that. I did not put it together that quickly in my head, my relationship to civil aviation. And in fact, he did so well, uh, he, they're actually uh, making him a flight instructor. Look at you. Right? Being all proud. Of course. So go on, please. So that's about, that's about all there is about International Civil Aviation Day. Okay, that was, that was time well spent. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Whatever. We now turn to our next segment, which is Turn Your Head and Cough. <coughs> and funny you should mention that because we have all kinds of illness updates today. I'm so, I can't wait. First of all, the CDC is recommending indoor mask wearing for the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Nassau, and Suffolk counties as the positivity positivity rates for COVID are now between 7 to 10%. In other words, there's a surge going there's on. There's a surge, yeah. It's which so I could have guessed because I can count on one hand the number of people I know who have come down with COVID in the past month. How many? Well, like I said I can count them on one hand. How many? That's would uh, be five fingers. Five fingers. Yes. So you, you know five people? Yes, who've come down with COVID in the who past month. Who have come month. down with COVID in the past month? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So all I can say is keep wearing masks. Keep wearing the masks. And get your booster shots. I agree with the shots. Yep, definitely agree. You don't you don't agree with the mask wearing? I I no, I do not disagree with the mask wearing. I choose not to wear a mask. Okay. I will be happy to wear a mask when they say you have to wear a mask. Okay. I believe in the vaccination. Uh and I also keep my distance because people are gross anyway. <laughs> Especially this time of year. Everybody's sneezing and runny and their eyes. Everything is gross. Yes. Very um, gross. Yeah. Which also makes Christmas kind of a hard time of year because... Well, that's the thing. It's only going to get worse because everyone's congregating for the holidays. Exactly. And who's going to have a cold and who's going to be gross? And People are gross, so I don't get close enough. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> I, also, I also vaccinated. That always helps, too. Did you get your booster shot? I have not gotten the booster shot. Neither have I. I keep telling my husband, let's schedule we the booster schedule shot. schedule the booster shot. <sighs> anyway, also, doctors say that the number of flu hospitalizations are at the highest level yeah, in a decade. This. You know what I'll hurt, too? Uh, dog flu. That's what we were just talking about before. It was canine influenza. Yeah, that's what they call it. Canine influenza. But this is about human influenza. And since October 1st, there have been eight. 0.7 million cases reported. There have been 4,500 deaths from the flu so far, including 14 children. Okay. Have you gotten your flu shot yet? I, yes. Good. Me too. Yes. Good boy. Not always. Good boy. And then lastly, there's a surge in these 
uh, pediatric virus cases for a virus known as respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. They say that it is overwhelming the hospitals. One hospital, known as Cohen Children's Center at Northwell Health, said it saw a 50% increase in admissions in recent weeks. They're now seeing 300 cases a day, and they were forced to take away 75 beds away from adults to get the children. Okay. So I... I Baby. Yeah. This so is, this is babies you're talking about. I get well, our children, I guess, infants. Yeah, but young, mostly young. You know, young. I guess young children. I would say probably infants to like five years old, maybe. I don't know. My niece just had a baby, and trust me when I tell you, nobody's going near that baby. You know what I mean? Like it's going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So people, it's a, it's a, it's a. People are scared. It's yeah. A big thing. It's a crazy thing. I didn't know about it, but I am not near. Or involved in any way, really, with the children of that age group. No, yeah, I know how much I know. I wouldn't know it now. But just like hearing about all these surges between that and COVID, the flu, it's like and the dogs. I'm gonna have a mask with me wherever I go. I think. Well, I I think you should consider that a thing for you anyway. For my age and with my illnesses already, yeah, okay. I right. probably should. Those reasons, too, I guess. Yep. I was talking about the mess. <laughs> oh, the mess? The mess. That made me a mask. <laughs> but never mind. It was, it was fleeting thought. I'll, I have tea. You have tea. I That's have all tea. that matters. While you're sipping your tea, let's go take a look into my briefs. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a busy week this week at the Supreme Court. Did that used to be your receptionist? <laughs> Every time she saw you? No, that was Steven on, on a honeymoon. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow, that's a totally different take. <laughs> I'm sorry, so where are we? The Supreme Court. Oh, I love these guys. Been a busy, busy week there. Yeah. They heard a case this week from this web designer named Lori Smith. Name of the business called 303 Creative. And she wanted to move forward with expanding her business into wedding websites. Oh, Jesus. Here it comes. But she was concerned that she would be viol- violating a Colorado public accommodation law. Because she said the law would compel her to express messages that are inconsistent with her beliefs. Namely, she does not believe in same-sex marriage okay so it's now gone before the supreme court finally it was it was here a few months ago and they kicked it back down to the lower court i forget the reasons we discussed it a couple of episodes ago but now it's been back before the supreme court but they're not treating this as a exercise of religion case they're looking at it through the eye of free speech and the question they're going to decide is whether applying the public accommodation law compels an artist to speak or stay silent violates the free speech clause of the first amendment stop yes one question yes why did you do quote marks around artists we, uh, well i guess the question is do we consider a web designer an artist okay okay that's one thing um, I would say yes, absolutely, of course. Okay. Okay. But anyway, what Colorado has argued is that the law is not regulating or compelling speech. It's it's, it's regulating commercial conduct to ensure that all customers have the ability to participate in any commercial or business exchanges, regardless of their race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, or anything of that nature. And it says the law targets conduct of discriminatory sales. It's, it does not affect speech. And if it's 
It does. It's incidental. Okay. And so wait, they want her to make a cake, literally. Or they want her to design a design a web page, right, for their wedding. Or no, wait. There's not even who's who's who. Maybe I don't have enough information yet. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to bring up some of the questions that some of the judges were asking, and of course, new justice uh, Kentaji Brown Jackson. She asked about a photographer's business on a mall that sought to capture the feelings of a bygone era and only wanted white children to be photographed on Santa's lap. Uh, I heard about this. Goes, this business wants to express its own view of nostalgia about Christmas's past. Uh, they do it in sepia tone and they are customizing each one. Could, it, could the photographer draw up a sign that said only white kids could participate? Justice Soto, Sonia Sotomayor kept on asking, you know, where do we draw the line in this? How Wait, about people... what was the response to her question? That yes, hypothetically, yes, that they could do this under their interpretation of the law. But that's what they're saying. They're not trying to discriminate. All they want is have, be, have the ability to say no to business based on their on their beliefs. Okay, all right. But like I said, you know, they're trying to say this has not, the Colorado, which is arguing for the law, is saying this is not about speech, it's about conduct. It has nothing to do with free speech. What's the difference? Because free speech, when we talk about the First Amendment, it, it applies to the expression of oneself being censored or controlled by the government. Okay, and an artist believes that the work that they do is exactly that. Right. So... What else is it? Keep going. Well, I, some, I, one of the attorneys brought up that if, depending on how the court decides, the court decides in favor of this web designer, that they're going to be on a slippery slope. The attorney said, are you going to have a Protestant baker who doesn't want to make a first communion cake? Do you have a school photographer who has your business, but they don't want to take photographs of certain kids? It's like, so where do you draw a line if you rule in this person's favor? All right. So... We'll, we will be hearing that decision until sometime early next year. I'm conflicted here. Okay. I'm not sure how far into it I'm willing to go right now. Mm -hmm. But I just, I'm conflicted here because I don't want you telling me, I don't know. It just seems to me that they, their, their argument is valid. Don't tell me who I can and can't sell my bread to. Right. Who do you think you are telling me I can't? I opened this place, I built it up, I made it what it is. People want to buy my bread, but I don't want to sell my bread to you. Well, let's say there's a, is there a difference between saying I don't want to serve that person because I know that they're a racist fuckhead. I seen them protesting against Black Lives Matter. I know they're a racist. I don't want to serve that person. Is there a difference between that and saying I don't want to serve this couple because they're a, a gay, a married gay couple, and I don't support gay marriage? So you're asking for an opinion between two. Um, you are they, are they the same, or are they different? Well, now, uh, legally, what are they? You tell me. Well, I don't. I don't have a law degree, Patrick. <laughs> I'm saying it seems like a pretty thin hair to split. Like, what is being discriminated against because of who they are? They're a the same-sex married couple. The other ones being not really discriminated against because they're not a protected class under the law. So they're a racist fuckhead. Oh, uh, but the racist fuckhead or the devaluation of the gay couple comes from the person making the decision. In this case, the baker. Right. Okay. So, so what he. Th Oh God! Do you, are you going to have like an Arab baker saying we don't serve Jewish people? I, I, you know, I, it's like that. Where do you draw a line on? First on of this? all, this is proof you always go there. You always go here. What do you mean? I always go to there. the Jews. <laughs> always. Well, considering the discussion of anti-Semitism we've been having the past year and the increase in anti-Semitic attacks and the notoriety of anti-Semitism due to certain celebrities now. 
I'm saying that you use it as a crudgeon, crudgeon, a crudgel. Cudgel is the word you're cudgel, looking for. Cudgel, I put the R in the wrong place. Actually, <laughs> there is no, no R in cudgel. Cudgel. <laughs> yeah. The, the, argument, the argument always is, because we've had this argument before, and I like I said, I'm conflicted. No, I think you're a douchebag and shouldn't be involved to do it, shouldn't be allowed to do anything if you're going to think like that. On the other hand, I'm thinking... I have a right to be a dick. The, uh, you know, like, the the Constitution protects my right to be a dick. So if I want to be a dick and put my out there, I, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be a cobbler, but I don't want to cobble the shoes of any black kids. Right. Okay? So so is he allowed to do that? Or are we going to come in and say, you can't do that. If you're going to cobble in your own store, in your own time, at your own expense, if you're going to do all of that but not serve one kid, and you're not allowed to serve one kid but not the other. you got to do all. And that's the argument of the law, saying that if you're offering this service to the public, you have to offer it to all of them. I think it's a licensing issue. I do. I think I think that if that's what you're talking about, it comes down to them agreeing. In order to get the license to do business legitimately inside this city limit, you need to get this thing, this license approval. You well, need to the be thing is, when you, whenever you start a business, whatever, it's expected that you're going to be adhering to the laws of the state, county, locality that you're practicing your business in. You're arguing for the sake of arguing, and I'm offering you the solution. <laughs> What's the solution? The, see when you laugh like that. The uh, solution. What was it? Something about licensing. Licensing is the solution because oh. then because then you can say you're not uh, uh, according to the degree. If you want to limit the, what people, what what businesses, what, what, if you want to limit what they can say, if you want to punish what say they can't do that. If you want to come in and be able to say that, then you have to give the, you give them licensing as part of right. the licensing. But the thing is, the agreement. No one's trying to restrict this person's belief. They're just they're they're just Colorado is just saying that we don't care what your belief is. All we care about is that if you're offering this business service. You have to offer it to everybody equally. Uh, and I'm telling you for the third time that I'm conflicted <laughs> about this because I think everybody has a right to be in a dick. You have a right to be an asshole. And if this is the way you're going to... So gonna you prefer be, the libertarian approach. I, I, in this instance, if that's what you want to call it with a slow wave of the head man, <laughs> uh, that's fine. But it just seems to me like if I want to go out and conduct my business like a dick, you shouldn't be able to tell me not to unless I agree to sign a license that said I can't do business without a license in the city. So I got to license it. It's licensing, Patrick. You're a lawyer. Grab onto this. Run. This is because it's licensing. Well, right now, the course I'm viewing it as a licensing issue. They're well, viewing it as a First Amendment issue. Uh, oh. A free speech issue. Okay. So stay tuned. All right. I, I, I'm conflicted. I uh, obviously, but wait, we'll have to wait until the court decides next year. And then today, the court, oh, we, the, which court? The Supreme Court. I love these. You want to know whether, what the, oh, forget it. Well, we, yeah, let's say, stay no, tuned. That's, no, don't even bother staying tuned. We'll tell you right now. Well, anyway, today, the court heard oral arguments on another case that we've discussed previously. You remember that we discussed the independent state legislature theory? Any sentence you say to me that begins with, do you remember? comes with an absolutely guaranteed response of no. I do not remember. Anyway, this case is about a state court ruling that a election map that was set up 
was gerrymandered and therefore unconstitutional under the state constitution. And isn't this the kind? Isn't this the lawsuit that's keeping people, keeping lawyers and attorneys employed? Like, this not is yet. Everywhere. Well, well, but what's going on is the people who are fighting this. They're saying that the state courts do not have the right to rule on this because they're saying that under Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, which is the election clause, which says the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. Okay. Okay? Fine. That's what the Constitution says. Yes. And, and they're, the inter legislature. they're interpreting this to mean that no one can overrule the state legislature on how it sets up its election rules. And is that what this is that what the law they're saying says? Well that's what this case is about and that's what the Supreme Court is going to be deciding. Okay. And what do we think? Well, being that we discussed this case before, I wanted to do a little more research into it and what they were basing it on. Did you listen to the conversation we had about it? No, I didn't listen to that, but I, I'm referring back, remember last week we were talking about the various interpretations of the Constitution, and one of them was the originalist yes. approach yes, yes, yes. about what the founders intended back then. Yes, I heard that while I was scrambling eggs, something like that. Right. Well, anyway, back in that time, Charles Pinckney was a delegate to the Constitutional Convention. He was a member also of South Carolina's government. And he had suggested that each state shall prescribe the time and manner of holding elections by the people for the House of Delegates. And the House of Delegates shall be the judges of the election returns and qualifications of their members. So they're their own judiciary. So he brought that up. That's basically what the basis of this theory is. He brought this up to the Constitutional Convention. They basically he shot down the whole idea. He okay. didn't want popular elections. He wanted all representatives to be picked by the state legislatures. Okay. And at the time, they kind of compromised. At the time, U.S. senators were picked by the state legislatures. Okay. It wasn't until like 19, late 19, early 1900s that the Constitution was amended to allow the direct popular election of U.S. senators. Okay. So they're going back to this. But what they're going back to is a document that pink. Pinckney supposedly filed in 1818 when they were gathering the records together for the Constitutional Convention. And he put this in there, in the records. And James Madison's looking at what, what he wrote, and he's like, this is not what he argued in 1787. So James Madison basically took pen to paper, wrote all these notes out refuting what Pinckney was proposing, and saying, this is bullshit what he's sending in now in 1818. James Madison himself. Yes. He's the man. Yep. So this is the document that the proponents of this theory are relying on. Okay. A discarded idea that was discarded by the founders at the Constitutional Convention. Okay. And this is what they're basing their interpretation of the Elections Clause on. And how are they going to do with that argument? Well, they have the argument today. From the news reports, they said that some of the justices sounded skeptical, meaning the conserve, some of the conservative justices. However, how the justices express themselves at oral argument is no indication of how they're going to vote later on on the case itself. I think that's very rarely true. I think you can tell exactly from their person, from their... More times than not, you can. More times than not, you can. But not always. I miss Ruth. Good old Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I miss Ruth. So that's the story on um, this week's Look Into My Briefs. Is that where we were? That's where we were. Oh, Jesus, it's like slogging through insect-infested mess, mosquito coming at your swamp. <laughs> to get across to the other side. Yes, it's that time once again for the Week in Fascism! 
Apparently there was an election this week. Yes, there was. Midterm elections. Well, actually, the runoff election for uh, the Georgia Senate race, which uh, Warnock won. Thank God. And, of clo- and once again, a somewhat close vote. Somewhat close? Yeah, it was really? like 51.6% to like 49.4% uh, or something like that. That is frighteningly close. Yeah. That is too fucking close. Yep. For the number of people that turned out to vote in that election, that is too fucking close. Yeah, I agree. That's like, you know, he didn't win back the control of all the government, but he didn't lose by much. No. Kind of thing here. But the important thing is he, he was reelected, so that's a good sign for him. Yeah, absolutely, and it's quite frankly, it's a good sign for the U.S. Senate, because the idea, Herschel Walker, the idea to to put him in... As a you as one of two U.S. senators representing the populace of Georgia, right? This guy, yeah, this is the guy we're going to go with. Yep, that's kind of crazy. That's yeah, uh, that's what the people of Georgia thought. Not enough of them. <laughs> well, enough of them. Enough of them voted not otherwise. Them. Yeah, God bless them. But uh, too uh, you know, not enough of the not enough of them. Whatever the hell that means, right? But also this week, in case you've been living under a, a rock, Donald Trump called for termination of the Constitution. <laughs> what prompted all this was Elon Musk, when he unveiled a bunch of internal documents to show how the company decided to pull a New York Post story about Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, because they weren't sure if the story was real or if it was based on Russian misinformation. Hold on a second. What's his name, Elon? Elon, yes. Says that Twitter held back information. Well, they didn't publish this in the certain information about this certain thing. Well, he's saying that they engaged in censorship by withholding the story. Yeah, they were the, but the, the, so then he released all these documents through this reporter, Matt Taibbi. Okay. And it shows that they they didn't just say no, we're not going to do this story. It shows that they wasn't they weren't sure if it was a reliable story or not. Okay. You know, so they decided. Not to publish it at that time. They thought it might be Russian and misinformation. Okay, Twitter decided, no, we don't like this. So anyway... And it happened to be about Hunter Biden's penis in a laptop. I know. It just... I'm no, asking. No, I don't, asking. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know enough because I haven't been following the whole story close okay, enough. Because well, you know, it say, doesn't really interest me. It you, doesn't affect the course of our government or history or anything no, like that. No, it doesn't. Uh, you've been... You've been uh, you, you do a lot there. You know, you got, you're looking at a lot of things. you got a lot of things. Yes, I do. There. I have a lot of information. Yes, you do. And you don't take fish oil, do you? Yes, I do. Do you take fish oil? Yes, I do. I was thinking your coat was looking sexy and shiny. (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. But anyway, after these Twitter documents were released, Trump said on his True Social that the Twitter documents were a really big story about Twitter and various forms of government fraud and claimed that big tech companies coordinated with the DNC and the Democratic Party to engage in massive and widespread fraud and deception. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Big corporations got with the DNC. Yes. Okay. You see where I'm going here? Yes, I know. Exactly. Exactly. So then Trump continued with, Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone False and fraudulent elections. Don't do the voice. <laughs> I struggled through the voice for the content. Um, I, I knew it. I, I the, the quote was familiar. What you read, I had read. Uh, I didn't commit it to memory, but I recognize it. What, well, what? am I surprised that he said something like this? No, because he's a fascist. But he's, so I'm not surprised. What I am surprised is the lack of 
outrage and rejection by the Republican Party of this man. Well, here's the thing. Here's because they are so afraid of him. Here's how I'm equating it. Trumpism is the screaming brat who needs to be pulled in. Yeah. Okay. The Democrats, people in the mall that are looking at it and being bothered by it and can't do anything about it because it ain't their kid. Yeah. And then the Republicans, see now they're the mother, <laughs> ignoring it, ignoring the temperature. To the best they can. And hoping that it'll go away uh, on its own accord. Yeah, that, that's, not happening. Happening. that's no, not happening. No, it's not happening. No, it's not. And you would have thought like, I don't know, it's like, what's it going to take for the Republican Party to finally say goodbye to this asshole? You know? It, it, uh, it's so ironic to me. Maybe it's not that it's. It seems to be his influence. The way the influence, well, it's his base. It's the influence. They're afraid of losing base. his base of supporters, and which is considerable enough for the Senate reaction we got today in Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia, it's too fucking close right now. It is too close. It really is. It's not a win. It's a win, but it's not a win. It's no. not a victory. It's a win. Yeah. All right. And then, lastly, as we saw in the news tonight, fascism obviously is not a problem just here and our country because oh in Peru the president he was about to be impeached by his Congress so what he do? So before it happened, what he announced do? that Congress was dissolved well, that's right. and they were gonna hold early elections. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, of course, a few hours later, the Congress ignored him and impeached him. Right, because they're going to do that. And, of course, the nation's military did not recognize what he had to say, and he was eventually arrested. Okay. And in the meantime, in Germany... Hold on. Yep. Where are we now? That was in Peru. Peru. Okay, Peru. So, so, so this guy... Yes, the uh, president. The president. Peru. He says, "I'm going to be." They had to remove him uh, before they before they impeached him. He decided to re dissolve the Congress. Okay, and he was going to hold new elections. And and then the military stepped in. And, and said, well, no, they didn't exactly step in, but they just said, "This is bullshit. We're not supporting this. This is against the law." We're and a few office. hours later, the Congress met anyway and impeached him and, and impeached removed him. him from office. Removed him from office. Yep. And then sometime later, he was arrested. Okay. Assigned. Why can't things work that fast in our country? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, it's or fortunately, it's a, you know, it's written to protect the guy from the government. Yeah, and so then anything the government does is suspect. Yes, this is true. This is true. So that's the that's the that's part of the theory we all agreed on. Yes, and then today in Germany. <sighs> They made dozens of arrests in connection with a right-wing coup to overthrow the government there. Yeah, 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 these guys. And what was amazing about it is because there were members, I guess there were elements of the armed forces that were members of this conspiracy. Yeah, they were uh, clearly, they had access to too many of two good guns. Yeah, they had access, I guess, to weaponry. And they yeah. said that, according to the news, getting guns is extremely hard in really? Germany. Yeah, you don't start go pick up guns at the A&P. Right. Uh, cheaper than your eggs by the way yeah so yeah but it, you know it seems to be you know what i think this is what i think the world is dividing itself it's realigning itself uh politically yeah socially yeah okay and because it's politically socially it's all about the people yeah okay and to the earth the people are fleet so so i think what's going to happen is the the na nature is creating a, a point where half of us is going to like get rid of half and the other half of us <laughs> You know what I mean? It's setting up, I think the Earth is setting up this battle as a way to weed itself, uh, uh, culling the population. It's it's getting it's taking care of some of them. So you think Mother Nature is setting up an apocalypse for us? Nah, well, Mother Nature does things slow. She can do it fast, but she knows she don't need to. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's Mother Nature. I don't know. I think, but but um, I know I sound like a raving lunatic, but. <laughs> 
but uh, <laughs> no different than usual. The natural environment, the the cellular usness of everything. Uh, wow, that's get, groovy. They're man. trying to shake us off. The Earth is trying to shake us off like a flea. Okay, and this, it's creating this political divide because the doctors are too smart. They're getting rid of the doctors are able to get rid of things like COVID. Yes, Earth throw COVID at you, and Earth think, bitches. Now I'm gonna get rid of all of you. I need to get rid. of uh, flu, bitches! Now and the doctors say nope, and they do the thing, and uh, well, the Earth is pissed off about what we did to the water, and they throw this at us, and no, nope, we're gonna have, we have it. So now it's just they're gonna try this political thing. Okay, thank yeah. you for clearing that up. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't fucking around. It may take centuries, but it, it'll do what it has to do for itself to survive. Yes, it will. Just nature as a force. Yeah, force of nature. You mock me. I would never. You. What was it you said about him? Who? The guy. What guy? Small, evil. <laughs> petty, small, evil man. Petty, small, No, no, evil petty, man. evil little man. Petty, evil. Yeah, that was it. I don't know if I follow the rules around the correct adjective order, but uh, that was what I said. Uh, petty, sat- evil, little man. It sounded right. Petty, evil, little man. <laughs> you put the comma after petty. <laughs> and I think you put the uh, the comma. Oh, I put all the commas in. The I comma support in. the yeah. Oxford comma. Yeah, you put that in the comma in. <laughs> We now move on to our next segment. Time for We Like to Watch. So, what new RuPaul show did you watch this past week? It was Canada versus the World. Ooh. Yes. And how did Canada do? Uh, Canada did well. They didn't send Canada home this week. They had sent Canada home the last two weeks. There's Ooh. four Canadian girl, an American girl, a girl from what do you call Australia, who I think is the one who left this week. Okay. And then one girl from the other, Little Australia. Mm-hmm. New Zealand. New Zealand, yes. Um... <laughs> I watched a thing about the the, the, the field in Texas. The I watched the Texas. same thing. We're going to talk about that. Uh, show called Crime Scene, the Texas Killing Field Murders yeah, yeah, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. I watched that. Me too. Um, Us too, I should say. I watched the other one I watched. Uh, um, but yes, we watched that Texas Killing Field show also. Yeah. I found out afterwards... Because that show centered primarily on these four missing girls. Afterwards, when I was reading up on the case, or cases, there were over, like, 33 bodies found in that whole area since, like, the 1970s. I was like, which means there were, like, several serial killers working in that area. Right. Which is pretty scary idea when you think of it. Well, how many serial killers are active in America at any given time? I don't know. I mean, there are so many we don't know about. Yeah, well, we know that statistic. Based on mathematical things... Type. What? Type, what I said. Oh Percentage God, I of serial killers in America. How many serial killers are active in America today? Google that shit. You wet yourself. If you don't think you're going to wet yourself, then you don't know. There was something else that I started watching. I, I'm resisting. Oh, question at the top of the list. That's, thank you. The FBI estimates there are between 25 and 50 active serial killers in the U.S. at any given time. Okay. That's a lot of fucking That's fail- a lot. serial killers. That's a Considering what a serial killer could do. Right? Spread them out. There's 25 of them. Each one gets a zone. We'll meet in Chicago. Good thing they're not unionized. 2024. <laughs> I don't uh, if they were organized. Oh, man. Oh, well, yeah, that was a good show, though, I thought. Oh, I started watching this thing about uh, Mar- uh, Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn? Anne Boleyn. What's the name of the show? Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn's the I name think of- it may be like a like a, a, a piece of a, an umbrella-like sort of show, like Secret Secrets Presents. Okay. What Anne channel Boleyn? was it on? I believe it was Netflix. Okay. Uh, and it's, you know, one of those cool hit new shows. You know, they use cool new hit new music. Yeah. It, 
the uh, the scenes and the costumes are all period appropriate. Okay. Uh, she looks directly at the camera and talks to you and introduces the other characters. Uh, so it's that very sort of new film technique with uh, that sort of they're going to put you in the in the physically and what you're seeing okay. is the correct is the correct error the correct setting for the okay. story. Okay. But even the language, the music is not. Yeah. It's interesting. I like things about what you call uh, your English hierarchy there. Your your kings and shit. Okay. Cool. Can't keep them apart. Nope. I have no idea who's who. Well, Anne Boleyn was married to Henry VIII. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he took her head off. Yes, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a whole lot of those girls didn't do good by Henry. No. So anyway, at the time, <laughs> right now, during the show, Henry is being butch- portrayed as a college dude who's king. Like, he's built like a college dude. He's just fantastic looking, and uh, he's got the red beard coming in. Okay. And, and he's redheaded, and he's very handsome, and, and uh, he does a topless scene with the king of France, uh, who's also young and beautifully built, <laughs> and they wrestle. And uh, So that's what... The, that, 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 that's that's your uh, audience. That's who they're hoping for for okay. an audience. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, it was. I love that shit. It's fun. I, it's fun. Cool. I love it. Cool. Oh, yeah, I watched that. Excellent. Anything else? Probably. Probably. Yeah, there was, there was, no, there was another, like, mystery sort of killer show. That, but there's so fucking many there's of so them. There's so many of them. I know you can, can lose track of there's them. There's so them. many of them, and they're all so good. Yeah, yeah, they really are. <laughs> they're really well done on so many of them. Yeah. And even if they're shitty, it's just the stories are always so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We watched the second season of The White Lotus on HBO. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Everybody's talking oh, about you it. Did you ever see the first season? No, I never saw oh, it. Oh, wow. Watch the first season and then watch this. It, they're different stories. It's like an anthology series. Where is it? All the stories take place. No. Where do you find White Lotus? Oh, it's on HBO. I don't get HBO. Oh, that's your problem then. So let's not talk about White Lotus because then you're just being that bitch. Bob, Bob, Bob. But there's, see, there are plenty of people out there who aren't cheap bastards like you who pay for HBO and they watch it or they, they want to watch it. So you people and I know definitely recommend when you're it. Done chatting. I'm surprised you don't watch it. Jennifer Coolidge is on it, for God's sake. She's fabulous in the show. There's a lot of really good television happening that I'm never going to see. Obviously. And some of it comes from, like, Brazil. <laughs> You know, like other people produce television, and there's quality sort of, and then you got just Brazil. So of course, did you watch any of the soccer games, the World Cup? No, I'm afraid I did not. They're worth seeing. The field is very big. Yes, I don't understand why the field has to be that big. It's always been. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you my observations. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm not going to pick number twenty three from the Scottish team from the bar down the block. I don't know why. I don't know that kind of, that kind of intensity. Anything. I'm talking as the game televises. Uh, it's very big field. They do a lot of running up yes, and down the field. I used to play soccer. A lot know. of running. So because of that, they all have really good legs. Well, that's the best thing <laughs> the reason to watch is the it's butts the, and the asses. It's the, the butts yeah. and the legs, uh, and they're, they're incredible. They're all. Uh, Beautiful people from beautiful places in the world. You know, you, you look at the soccer team for Slovakia, and you're ready. Ah, take me to Slovakia. Yeah, you know, I'm all ready to. Oof. <laughs> that, uh, and it's Slovakia. Whatever, do that. You know, <laughs> Slovakia. Um, yeah. Does China do a soccer team? I'm sure they do. Yes, I would believe they. I oh believe God. they do. Type it. China Final Cup. No, World Cup. China World Cup. Okay, I'll put it in right now. Uh, Yep, it was in the World Cup. It didn't do too well. All right. 
Yeah, didn't do too well. It almost doesn't matter. Why? Because China was there. But seeing whatever news I heard about the World Cup was more about all the other political shit going on that I heard about the games. Okay, so, you know, I heard, all I heard was about upsets in the games. I mean, John Oliver did a whole segment on FIFA, which rule, which runs the World Cup. FIFA's a criminal organization. Yeah. I, I like, I like it. I, it's soccer. I got 90 minutes to watch them run up and down the field. They jump on each other every now and again. Then yep. every, every, like, 32 minutes, somebody screams. Uh, everybody screams <laughs> because they finally scored a goal. Yeah. The field is too big. <laughs> I believe the field is too big. I believe that's holding it back with popularity and American... It's roughly the same size field as a football field. I don't think it is. I think it's much wider than a football field. No, I don't think so. I think it is. Let's find out. Okay. I think it is wider than... I'm saying that a soccer field is wider than a football field. Um... Although it seems to me to be almost more square than a football field. Football field is like long and A high. soccer field is larger than a football field. By how much? Because a football field is limited to 53 and a third yards wide, whereas soccer field is typically 75 yards wide. Okay, so that's my argument right there, 25 yards. But there's a lot more movement with the ball, that's why it's a bigger field. You don't have the same uh, kind of movement that you do in football. Uh, what it does is it, uh, it makes the... The scoring process slow down. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's why getting a goal is always a big thing. But if you wanna, if you wanted to sell it to Americans and make that money, you needed to score higher. <laughs> a five to seven game is fine. Oh, okay. That's okay. It doesn't have to be 186 to 234. So that, you know, and then that basketball, yeah, you better get up there. But uh, uh, football, 21, 35, 47, that, numbers like that are good. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. If I'm talking about this. Yes. Then, uh, uh, yeah, it's got to be a couple of... It's got to be up there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. And lastly, we watched a film on Netflix that we almost paid for, like, last week on demand, but then all of a sudden we saw it was on Netflix this week. Oh, my God, all of a sudden? Yes. Okay, good. And it was the movie Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. I love Brad Pitt. Me, too. I just can't resist him, man. I, uh, you know? I can't resist him. I, I just... Yeah. yeah. Brad Pitt. Who else is on that list for you? Um, Like, I will do your laundry. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, you say that. Yeah, I love you. I love Ewan McGregor. Dave, love, love, love him. Dave Franco. I want to be the future... Mr. X. Hugh McGregor. <laughs> okay. You're not going to live that long. Never say never. The chances are getting lower and lower. He's only 10 years younger than me. Okay. It could work. It could work. That's right. 10, years is, work. 10 years is nothing when you're talking about, what, 70. That's right. So, right. Oh, bitch. That's okay. But anyway, Bullet Train's a good movie. It's a good comedic action thriller. It takes place on a bullet train in Japan, of course. I love Brad Pitt. And it's basically filled with all these assassins on this train. You know who else I like? Ryan... Ryan... Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yes, he has a brief moment uh, in the I film, too. I fucking love him. <laughs> he can do no wrong I, in my eyes. I fucking love right? him. Right? He's adorable. He's such a dick. Like, yes, he, he is. He's just... I love him. <laughs> I, I absolutely love. I love. I love her. I don't know her as much. I love their relationship. Yes. I love how he fucks with people. I love and, and he's got a thing with Hugh Jackman on Twitter. Oh, that's been going on since years. Years. Yeah, it's been years since the movies, it's the X Men movies. Hilarious, right? Hilarious, and he's just he just seems like such a good guy, such a dick, such a look at. Uh, I don't know. I love him. I love him. <laughs> 
I do. I think he's great. But anyway, if you need a good mindless movie to watch, watch Bullet Train. Ryan Reynolds. Good popcorn fun. Ryan Reynolds isn't in Bullet Train. He actually has a brief appearance. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. I didn't see the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but he has a brief appearance. I love Brad Pitt. Uh, Me too. Yeah, me too. Dave, Dave, uh, Dave Franco. Yes. Dave Dave Franco. Another hottie. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and of course, Zach. Zach. Zach Efron. Oh, Zach. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Don't get me started. Uh, Look at you fluttering. Let's get moving on to the next segment. Oh, my God. Move your blushing, old man. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for people saying stupid things. Who are we starting with? I, I, I had to list this because we already know they're stupid, but this week when I heard these two stupid things this, I came out of them, I had to list them. Tell me what they were. They're from QAnon. Oh. The QAnon people. Who is that, the QAnon people? We don't know. QAnon's always been anonymous. That's the anon part. Supposedly he was an insider in the deep state government and all this bullshit. So QAnon has a Twitter account. I'm sure they do. Okay. Registered under, like, who is the person who signs these things that creates something like this? If, I don't know. That I don't know. I don't know how it gets his message out. I don't follow their shit. But when I heard what I they had to say... A mistake. I heard what they had to say this week. This week, when I heard they had to say, I was like, well, I gotta put them on this episode. Ah, go ahead. Well, you heard, of course, that the Trump organization was convicted of fraud this past week. Times. 17 counts of fraud it was convicted of. 17 that's the entire case. Yep. Well, the QAnon people noted that number, 17. Okay. Oh, fuck. Do you know what the 17th letter of the alphabet is? If you give me a couple of minutes in a pencil, I would. <laughs> um, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q. 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 Look at that. Right? It happens to be the 17th letter of a 26-letter alphabet. Yes. And uh, it also happens to be uh, 17. What was 17? 17. The key, the, it's the 17th letter of the alphabet. And what is it? What, what's, the, what's the correlation? Because the Trump organization was convicted on 17, 17 counts. counts. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so wait. Does that, wait, wait. Does that mean that Q... How is Q involved in the... In, uh, wait. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what the meaning of it is. Okay. But it goes on. You heard us talk about Kirstie Alley earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's been posited that she was actually murdered because she was... It's part of a global plot to silence critics of the COVID vaccines. No. Because she died at age 71. What are those... What are It was 17 when you reversed them. And what, 17? You! Dun, dun, dun. So we're looking for examples <laughs> of when this happened. And we're finding them. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's like, how do you be the, the next guy who comes to a microphone and says, the world is going to end on October 17th, 2032 at 6.15 a.m.? Uh, how do you be that next guy? And yet you know. There will be. He's coming. Of course he is. Of course. It's- it's just, I don't I mean, it, it makes me confused. It makes me crazy. Yeah. Because it's just, to, at, at some point, isn't it just a willingful decision, a willful decision to be ignorant? You're living in your own reality tunnel. You, you, and nothing else is going to alter what you see in that reality t- tunnel. I, I, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Truth yeah. and infer- real facts are not going to penetrate. There are some things that are just true. And you, you, uh, 
You don't. I, there are some things that are just true, and I don't think you have the right to mold them or to deny them when it's convenient for you. Yes, agreed. Okay, I'm not going to try to, you know, to go further than that. <laughs> so to the QAnon and its, and its followers, we say. Indeed. Wait a minute, what'd they say? Who? QAnon. I just told you. I, I, don't, I don't remember. We're moving on to the next category. Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Thank you, Julie. And yes, you, Patrick. <laughs> It's time once again for Five Fades. Oh, no. And being this week, we're in the middle of December in the holiday season. Yay. So for this week's category, we have our five favorite villains in holiday movies, plays, TV shows, etc. Okay, I have one. Okay. Got well, it. we had to stipulate that we left out on purpose the Grinch. Okay, hold on. If we're gonna, When you mention the Grinch, I yes. get to talk. Okay. I believe that the Grinch is the victim in that story, and so I object to him being put in the in the uh, category of villain because I believe he's the victim. But I will I understand why. Okay. So let's just say okay. yes. And we Jim also Carrey agree to, was a fucking genius in that movie. Yes. He Go does. ahead. We also agree to leave out Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. It's too easy. It's yeah. too on the nose. It's too exact. Okay. okay. And lastly, we decide to leave out uh, Ebenezer. But don't you think that Henry Fonda is a dick? Like, his character in the beginning of that, he's just a dick. The guy. In... Uh, the Christmas movie with Mr. Potter. No, that's James, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy know. Stewart. Henry Fonda, Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Okay. So which one was it? Jimmy Fonda? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart was a dick in that movie. Why was he a dick? You watch the way he treats people in that movie. Well, the way he treats Donna Reed, he treats her like shit a lot Those children who are dressed up to be so adorable all the time. But that's also like on the worst day of his life, too, when we see what everything has a whole different story. The worst day of your life, you watch... He's a very, he's a very angry, frustrated young man because he's not living the life that he wanted to live. You know what? But I anyway, we did, we decide to leave out the Grinch. I'm an angry Mr. Potter, old man who never got to live out the life he wanted to live. <laughs> and we also agreed to leave out Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. So, with that in mind, who is the first name on your list? That little blonde kid in Home Alone. The little blonde. He's the villain. He almost kills those guys. <laughs> But he's protecting his home from he's, burglars. He set out and planned ways <laughs> to kill those guys. So you're saying Kevin McAllister is the Christmas villain. <laughs> is that's the a, villain. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, I can't I can't argue with that anymore. Nope. That's done that's done and over with. The first name on my list is the abominable snowman and Rudolph. Right? Well, how can you not love him? Even when he is a villain. I mean, he turns nice at the end and everything. But he's a great villain. He scares the shit out of you when you're a little kid. He's fantastic. Right? I love him. Yep, me he's, too. He's like the guy, the guy, the big blue guy from what you call uh, Monsters. Monsters, Inc. Yes. Uh, yep, I know what you mean. Yep, I exactly. Cool. Boo. So that's my first Boo. choice. No, her name was, Who's your was Teddy. What? Who's your second choice? Uh, my second choice, I wasn't ready. Uh, the little Christmas tree in Charlie Brown. Why is the tree the villain? Because it clearly is there to ruin, to make Christmas look horrible and pathetic and awful. <coughs> but Charlie Brown's the one who chooses the tree. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that by doing so, <coughs> he is um, uh, trying to project uh, suicidal impulses. <laughs> I think. 
that little tree is a screen. He for gets help. the tree because it is this neglected tree, and he's bringing it home, so it's no longer neglected. Right. It's being appreciated. Yes. And initially, it's rejected by his friends. I understood it, Patrick. It was a thirty-minute cartoon. I understood what the movie was talking about. So I, I, I don't know how you get the projection of suicidal impulses. By his purchase of that tree. Because, okay, he's not going to be long en- around long enough to see that tree bloom into something. It's <laughs> Why all, not? It's, a, it's all a metaphor for seeds and uh, sowing shit. Sowing, like so- S-O-W. No, that's sow. Yes. I'm talking about fields and wheat and shit. That's S-O-W too. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I think. I, I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about our favorite villains from our holiday movies and TV shows. Okay, so that little blonde kid. Okay, next on my list, it's a pair. Scott, Scott Farkas and Grover Dill in A Christmas Story. Okay. Great duo. Grover Dill is the little one. He's a little short one, Scott yeah. Scott Farkas. And Scott Farkas is the one with the, the yellow big, eyes. The big red-headed one with the cap who cries at the end. And yeah. he gets a ship kicked out of him. Yeah, yeah, by Frank. <laughs> not, his name's not Frankie. Yeah, it is Frankie. It is not Frankie. What's his name? I don't know, but it's not Frankie. The kid in fucking... A Christmas Story? Is... His name... Absolutely Frankie. It is not Frankie. Go ahead. I'm going to look it up right now, just to prove to you. It's Frankie and his little brother, Archie. (laughs) Frankie and Archie. No, I'm afraid it's Ralphie and his brother. Oh, my God. I can't believe I have to look this up, but I can't find his brother's name. So you don't know either. Ralphie and Randy. Ralphie and Randy. Yes. Okay, well, that's easy to put a pattern in. Is it alphabetical? L-M-N. Yes, it's alphabetical. Ralphie and Randy. Well, Ralphie was the older brother. So his... uh, And then Randy is subsequent to L. So R-A is in both names. L-N is subsequent to uh, L. Yes, and what does that all mean? That means means that they were named alphabetically to keep a rhythm in your head to uh to remember their names okay yeah i call them frank and rusty but i was wrong <laughs> you were definitely wrong but you can't go by me i'm not a good barometer of <laughs> shit that has to be remembered no you're not i'm not and thus has it ever been thus has it ever it really it really has i have like no memory <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh my god! You laugh at me, but it's true. There are people. Don't worry, you will remember me laughing at you, like so. me, who also have no memories. Like I have memories, but like I know people who could pick. Uh, don't, okay, don't look at the calendar like you're waiting for me to stop. <laughs> Fuck you. Go ahead. Who's next on your list? Oh, five favorite Christmas characters we don't like. <laughs> Um, uh, okay. I don't, I'm not prepared, of course. Kel Supreme. So I'm, I have images of Louis De Palma and Santa Claus in my head. Did ever, did such a thing ever happen? Not that I'm aware of. No, there was no, okay. You must have been tripping that day. All right. Uh, Christmas, <laughs> help me here. Come on, you've, you've seen how many Christmas movies, Christmas TV shows? All of them. Yeah. The bad guy is always the guy who hates Christmas. So we're not allowed to talk about Ebenezer, Mr. Potter, or... Oh, 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 the guy who was on Game of Thrones, but in Elf. The midget person. You're not supposed to say that word, I know. I know, but I know, the, the... The little person. The little person. Okay. To me, is uh, is more insulting than... Okay, but it's I'm not that, so I don't know. But yeah, he in Elf. I've never seen Elf. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. I hate Will Ferrell. <laughs> and you saw Elf. It's awesome. You know what? I've directed Elf a couple of times. Okay. So uh, I, I go into it from there. I never saw the movie. I did see the movie. 
Okay. There's so uh, it's so yeah. I'm not a Christmas person. I'm not a Christmas movie person. No, really, you? Yeah. Nah, yeah, but um, <laughs> Elf is cute. Elf is a cute take. Elf is just a, a nice way to look at it, the story from. Okay. Not even the story. It's a new story. Yeah. Based around the holidays. It's it was not I like. Okay. Not like. Next on my list is the Burgermeister Meisterburger oh from God. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I always hated that scene. But I what scene? The Burgermeister Meisterburger scene. Oh, uh, you didn't like him at all? No, he was awful. Well, yeah, he was a, well, he was a bad Burgermeister. He, he was, was a bad... He made all these bad decisions all the time. Bad Burgermeister Santa Claus Meister constantly foiled him. Bad Meisterburger Baker Meister. <laughs> Burgermeister Meisterburger. I always loved saying Burgermeister Yes, and you say it so well. You know, you got... Flows off your tongue. Fl- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Burgermeister Meister Burger. Yep. Yeah. I love that claymation shit. Yeah, that but was But I hated Davy. Davy and Goliath? I hated that. Why? Because it felt manipulative. Well, it was a Christian-based education program, you know? Oh, I felt manipulated. <laughs> I didn't feel as much the same way. How did you feel manipulated words? by Davy and Goliath? Because it was... It was it was doctrine. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's manipulation. Oh, okay. Damn dogma. that Davy and Goliath. Dogma. Dogma. Yeah. I avoid dogma. Except face front. I'll be loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> and don't leave a mess. Oh, my God. And those are the dogmas. That's my dogma. Face front. <laughs> be loud enough. Next on my list, number four, don't is... Also from A Christmas Story, the Bumpus' dogs. Oh, my God. Those bubblers, those good boys. Right? Those big, beautiful dogs. Destroy the Christmas dinner. Well, it led to fa-ra-ra-ra-ra. Well, it led to the whole Chinese restaurant which scene. Which is, you know. Which is a great scene. That whole thing. Even if now considered slightly racist. The way he chased that turkey all day long and, and her keeping... Like, that was a foreplay between them. Her trying to shoot him away. They're going to get sick! <laughs> all he wants was turkey, and she loves the fact that he's all after. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah, the Bumpus's dogs. Uh, yeah. And those were good boys. <laughs> they just hated that man. I mean, sorry, it's not their fault the back door was open now, no. was it? Whose fault was that? No, well, who let who let the, who let the dogs out in? Out of the house. <laughs> but who let them out of the Bumpuses' house? The Bumpuses did. Okay. The Bumpuses obviously just left their dogs roaming Roam. wherever. So, at the so it's partly door, their fault. But, but it's also someone in Ralphie's house's fault for leaving that for back leaving door open. the back door open. Yep. Okay, I see where that's coming from, and I feel that deeply. Um, Do we know who it is? No. We, we don't know we, who left the back door no, open. No, we do not know who left the back door open. Okay. Although I'm suspecting it was Ralphie. Uh, since he was the last one outside looking for his playing with his BB gun and looking right. for his glasses right, and right, hit right, by the right. icicle. Right. So it was him and his mother. Whip up some so it's either him or his mother who were the father. last ones out. It's not his mother. It's not him or his father. Why? The, no, the father wasn't outside. No, but the father was home. Right. And in and out. Uh, I think it was the father. I think it's Ralphie or the mother. Hanging out, pushing the door open, yelling something. In fact, I blame the mother because Ralphie was all crying even though it was all an act and everything. But the mother shouldn't have known to lock that back door. I blame the mother. I, I maintain <laughs> the mother wouldn't have overseen that as a detail. The mother would have gone to that detail right away. True. The father, he opened the door so long as he he yells, it comes back in, the door don't close all the way. I see it happening. Okay. Who's next on your list? Um, are we still doing Christmas villains? Yes, we are. Christmas villains. Christmas villains. Give me some Christmas movies. 
Um, oh, whatever caused the hubbubbery in White Christmas. So they all go up to this place. Oh, to, the Bing Crosby film? Yeah. I'd actually, I've never seen White Christmas. Really? Yeah. Evidently, they they the, there's the general from the war, the, the old retired, and they all have to go up and they're trying to raise money for him or something and they put on the show. Okay. Okay, and the enlisted men happen to be Bing Crosby and Vera Wang or whatever, whoever the, they were, whatever the fuck they were. <laughs> Um, and so my Christmas villain is whatever it was that afflicted the general guy, the like older man that they want to pretty much go fund me. Uh, that's too vague. You I have to give me a specific character. I think, uh, um, a named character? Yeah. Jeez. You're giving me some vague thing here. Like, what the fuck? Uh, what is, um, who's the villain in Frosty the Snowman? Um, I, I don't know his name. I haven't watched that in the dog's age. Frosty the Snowman? I haven't either. <laughs> then you can't name him as a villain. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so we're just we're just laboring this along. Yes. Give me some Christmas movie names. There's plenty of them. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Mister Potter, we're not allowed to talk about. Mister Potter's not in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. No, of course he isn't. He's in the other one. It's a wonderful it's a life. Wonderful life. Yeah. Miracle on 34th Street, who's the villain in that? Uh, the guy who sends uh, Santa Claus, Chris Kringle, to be uh, in the uh, mental institution. Because he my, thinks he's Santa Claus. That's my next one. Oh, now that I provided you that? That's my next you're one. You're lame. That's, that's you're so my next one. Lame. Tell me, tell me the whistle lie. That's lame. It's Okay, it's fine. That's fine. You're lucky it's your last one. That's fine. Is it? Thank <laughs> God. Holy shit, that was painful. My last one is Hans Delbruck in Die Hard. Okay. It's a Christmas now, movie. You're here. You're, you're looking to maintain this argument. Uh, I understand it. I don't know enough about it to help. You've never seen Die Hard? No. Where the hell have you been? I was gay in the 80s. Action movies weren't the thing. <laughs> okay? I didn't go to action movies. Oh, my God. I can't believe you didn't see Die Hard. I Everyone's see seen Die, Die Hard. Hard. There's a lot of movies I didn't see. Damn. You'd to know. Oh my God! You're yes, just, and you're movies bad. from that era. I was not into that sort of movie. Oh, obviously not. Like the old Arnold Schwarzeneggers or your Sylvester Stallone movies. I didn't see any of them. None of them. None of them. I saw the first Rocky. Okay. I think that was during my captivity. I wasn't able to. I had no voice at that point. It was played despite me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm, I think, yeah, I saw that Rocky. Okay. Uh, I didn't see any of the subsequent Rockies. I didn't see the black Rocky. I didn't see the big white uh, Russian looking. That's the one I saw. I, I saw didn't that, see one. that one. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So what's next? Next, we move on to our next segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said, get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the Grumpy Old Gaming Gripe of the Week. Um, and what's your gripe this week, Mr. Gibbons? Um, I, 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 uh, I, uh, oh, okay. You have one? I do. Okay. That when the pizzeria sends the salad over, that the bowl is so stuffed with lettuce that you can't toss it. With the with the uh, dressing. Why not? Because the bowl is too full, too full to toss it effectively. So there's no room in the bowl for, for the dressing to coalesce with the rest of the salad. That's exactly right. Uh, because of they put too much lettuce in now. They put beautiful lettuce. Okay. Okay. It's uh, whatever I want to call ocean head, ice head, iceberg, iceberg, iceberg lettuce. <laughs> uh, 
You had a beautiful salad today. That was an iceberg. What was that? No, that was a Caesar salad. A Caesar salad. Yes. So that was, what was it? It wasn't spinach because you wouldn't eat a bowl of spinach. No, it's romaine lettuce. Romaine lettuce. I like romaine lettuce. Yes, me too. And it's beautiful. It's nice. It's fresh. It seems nice. Yes. Uh, but I can't coat, I can't get an even coating because the bowl is too full. Ah. So what I do, as you know, is I shake. Okay. I open the bo- I open the, the, the salad. Okay. It's plastic container and i put whatever of the dressing that i want on top of it reclose the, and then spend the next 20 minutes like i'm in a mariachi band fucking shaking the salad uh switching it from hand in hand because my arm get tired and god knows you and are I, expert at tossing salad i can toss oh and, every, <laughs> and let me tell you this in every conceivable way <laughs> I can toss a salad. Mm. I'm just saying that as so you know me better. <laughs> we'll just call you the galloping gourmet. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I hate that they put so much lettuce in. And I understand why. It's a beautiful salad. It's got yes, it is. Peppers and your, your, your black olives, your onions, your cherry tomatoes. Nice. Yes. I can't, I can't season it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Well, my gripe is also salad-related. Which is funny, because uh, you're not the salad guy. Generally, I it's not something I order all the time, but I'll have it for lunch or dinner. Per, usually for lunch, I'll have salad. Yes. But what I don't like is when I order salad with, let's say, chicken, and instead of cutting the chicken up into oh. small little pieces like you would put in a salad, they, do the they either cut strips of it, I see. or as I've seen... Whole thin slice breasts. Yeah, okay. Just throw on top of the salad. Okay. That's not chicken Caesar salad. You cut it up, you toss it in with everything else in the salad. You like your Caesar salad toss. Yes, I do. Small, sizable chunks of chicken. Yes. Pre-chopped for me. Yes. I don't want the strips. Exactly. I don't want the full breast. Nope. I want it chopped nice, tossed already in. Exactly. Do you object to the uh, chicken and the uh, cheese being separated before? Like, do you, do you object to having to assemble the salad yourself? No, I don't object to that. Okay. I have no problem with that. But... Yes. Taking strips out of the salad. Yes. Cutting them. Yes. And putting them back in. It's not, it's not the same thing. It's okay. It should be done beforehand. Okay. Across the board, <laughs> Caesar salads. Yes. Chicken Caesar Any salad. salad that you order with meat in it. Pre-tossed. Should be pre-cut, you know? You shouldn't, it shouldn't be up to the customer to have to cut the meat up. Okay. You know? All right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's my gripe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Psycho. Thank you very much. We now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. I'm almost not ready. Oh no. Any plans for the weekends? I'm going to work. They'll be working at Scrooge at Studio Theater in Lindenhurst this uh, weekend. I am. Studio Theater in Lindenhurst on Wellwood Avenue, what you call down there in Lindenhurst. Yep. The Manus Studio Theater. Yeah, You'll be behind the bar there. I'm running the concessions there for the whole weekend, except for the really early shows on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. There's an 11 o'clock show, and then after that, there are two other shows. Okay. And I, I, I can't. I, I can't do that. Why not? Because it's too early and it's too long. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know. I'm telling you. I'm being honest with you. Yes, you are. So somebody else is going to cover. So yeah, well, whatever. I got to tell you my work schedule. What the fuck? <laughs> you crazy person. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. No. Are you trying for Elvis now? <laughs> you Leslie Jordan looking motherfucker. <laughs> 
better than my Trump, right? Lord <laughs> Mood Genie. Oh, God. The Trump was just ill-advised and bad. You, you, you come naturally enough to Trump that you don't need to force it. Oh, okay. Drop it a pitch or two, maybe. But it's you, like... <laughs> I noticed a lot of us talk like Trump. Yes, I've heard that, too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have a busy weekend ahead of me. Oh, I can't wait to hear. <clears throat> Friday night, we Where are, are going, you going? We are going to see... The Long Island Gay Men's Chorus in concert uh, in Belmore. That was what John was talking to us about. Yep, it is their Christmas concert all weekend. They are performing Friday in Belmore. I believe Saturday is in Stony Brook, and Sunday is in Huntington. Okay, hold on. <coughs> you need to hashtag and at them. Yes. When you post this. Yes, I will. I will okay, definitely make sure definitely they are posted probably on the bonus material. Yeah. But I'll probably post it on the no, on you, the social media as well. You you videotape a bit of the performance. You put that I in can the, do that as well. You put that in the bonus material. I'll do that. And then you tag the fuck out of everything Long Island gay and gay in chorus. Okay. And chorus. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> hashtag cheddar. I I I um, would very much have accepted an invitation to that, except for the fact that I'm working. I know, but I would love to go see that. It's re- they're very good. They really we go uh, every be, year. They must be like a, a fun. They're not. Then it's not like a clerical type. No, uh, it's not like you go into a religious service. Or right, religious music. It's a bunch no. of gay guys singing Christmas songs. Yeah, middle aged gay guys. Exactly. Uh, that sounds like fun. It is a good time. It really is when they get. It always gets a nice turnout. All right. They got drinks? Um, I think just non-alcoholic beverages. I don't think there's any alcoholic. How long does it last? It's usually about an hour, about an I hour and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. I, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. And then, of course, on this Sunday, we're doing the staged reading of "It's a Wonderful Life" on right. the South Shore Theater right. Experience on Wellwood Avenue in Lindenhurst. Are you playing Mr. Potts? No, I am playing George's father. Wait a minute. And wait Mr. a minute. Bartender. Wait a minute. Yes, Mr. Potts. N- n- Mr. Potts. Listen Mr. Potter. To- okay, never mind. <laughs> I was tr- I was making a connection between Mr. Potts in "It's a Wonderful Life" and Mrs. Potts in "Beauty and the Beast," but there is no Mr. Potts in "It's a Wonderful Life." It's Mr. Potter, which is why I tried to stop and, um, and let us continue. I'm glad you did. Yeah, you I, I, only made yourself look foolish. I, just listen. I asked the question. <laughs> there are no stupid questions. Only stupid people. That's exactly right. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.